Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Some people believe this, that when you die, your spirit is not conscience between death and the resurrection when we get a new body. No, that's not true at all. Immediately after die, you'll be in one of two places. You'll be in hell or you'll be in heaven. Immediately. There is no waiting period. There's nothing. Absent from the body, boop, present with the Lord. Just an unbeliever, boop, immediately into hell. Eventually to the lake of fire. People sometimes joke about hell and damnation preachers and kind of dismiss them as overzealous extremists. God would never send someone to hell, they say. Pastor Mark will be teaching that indeed, God would never send someone to hell. The inconvenient truth is that we send ourselves to hell by our unbelief in Jesus. We will learn that it is all simply in our hands. We don't want to think of our eternal destination being under our control. The consequences are just too great. The ironic thing is that the positive solution, accepting Jesus as your Savior, is so very easy to do. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16. We have part three of his message, Life After Death. Choose your destiny. Sometimes when we look at this, this story, we think, well, let me just tell you, Rich. The rich man didn't end up in hell because he was rich. He ended up there because he absolutely had no use for God. Remember, God, Jesus gave us two great commandments. Love God with all your heart and love what? Others. He could care less for God. Who was God for him? His money. Remember what Jesus told us a few weeks ago? You can't serve God and money. He was trying to. No interest in God. He, he was selfish. He was just, his money was his God. And what about loving others? No, he just stepped over the beggar. Not interested at all. So there was nothing in his life that would cause him to believe God. And you'll see what it was later that caused him. Well, what about Lazarus? Well, he didn't end up in in paradise because he was poor. He ended up because he had faith in God and God's promises. He believed there was a Messiah coming. Now, here is what I want you to write this morning because people will make fun of this and you need to understand what Jesus is teaching. Not the church, not Calvary Chapel, not the Baptist church, not the Catholic church. Here's exactly what Jesus is teaching. Truth, heaven and hell, are real places. They're real places. And what I gave you this morning is 100% scriptural right from the Bible. Now, remember this. After death, the dead are not dead. They're very much alive. The rich man was the rich man. Lazarus was Lazarus. They would get a different body later. And we have truth from Jesus. When they're down there, you'll see this in a moment. 
When you're in eternity, hell or heaven, you can see, you can hear, you can feel, you can reason. And here's a key word. You can remember. And if you want to write down the word remember this morning, right after, just put a little dash. What if? What if I would have done it different? What if? Now, all of these disprove the false belief of soul sleep. Some people believe this, that when you die, your spirit is not conscience between death and the resurrection when we get a new body. No, that's not true at all. Immediately after die, you'll be in one of two places. You'll be in hell or you'll be in heaven. Immediately. There is no waiting period. There's nothing. Absent from the body, boop, present with the Lord. Just an unbeliever, boop, immediately into hell. Eventually to the lake of fire. Now watch what happens here. Notice I told you they can see, they can feel, they can understand, and they can remember. Look at verse 24. So he, the rich man, called him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. You know what you hear a lot of people say today? Hell is the party place. And here's how you'll hear it. We had a hell of a time last night. It was fantastic. We all got drunk and we had sex with all kinds of it was a hell of a time. Well, is that what this man is saying? No, what he's saying there is this, I'm in agony. Help me. Help me. Now, what people say today is not unusual. There's been many famous people that have the image of hell. That's not true. Mark Twain said this, and I don't want you laughing. Because it's sad that people are deceived by Satan. Here's what he said. I'll take heaven for the climate and hell for the society. I'd rather be in a cool place, but I want to be where my friends are. Listen to Ted Turner. I'm looking forward to dying and going to hell because I know that's where I'm headed. Ronald Reagan's son is an atheist and has an atheist organization. He always ends his programs with this statement. Unafraid of hell, excited to go there. Really? Well, notice what Jesus' teachings. Torment, agony, eternal fire. Jesus doesn't teach that hell is a party place at all. Now, the rich man made two requests. Here's the first. Please have mercy or pity on my suffering. But look at verse 25. But Abraham replied, son, what's the next word? Tell me. Remember, there it is. Remember in your lifetime you received good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. Now I'm translating that word remember to today. I want you to think about this. People that end up as unbelievers, they would remember all the times they could have done right to love others but they refuse. Remember, when you're a believer, you're going to love God and you're going to touch people. All of you brought in one can, you can, for the poor people, way to go. We care for poor people. 
We care for people that struggle. We care for gals that are lined up to have an abortion. And we can speak to them that they can have that baby. Look at the baby. There's a real baby in you. We care for all of those things. We want to care for those people. Think about this. Some, many people in hell are going to do. They remember all the time someone shared. You. You shared the truth with them. And what did they do when you shared? Oh, thanks. Don't ever talk to me about not interested in that garbage at all. Oh, they'll remember. And here's the big one I think that will happen. I remember when God spoke to me and I was in a church service and he told me to repent and put him first. But I told God, I'm not interested. So you'll never get that memory out of your mind. Can you imagine thinking, what if I'd done it differently? I want to share with you something. Whenever I teach on hell, and do you know that Jesus taught on hell more than any person in the Bible? That's amazing. When I teach on hell, I don't teach on hell to scare people into hell. I can't scare anybody into hell. If I could scare you into hell, somebody will scare you out of hell. I teach on hell because Jesus taught us to teach on hell. And the reason I'm teaching you this morning is God loves you. He sent his son to die for every single person. I would never try to scare you into hell. That's ridiculous. But I want to warn you of the consequences of your decision. You see, the the decisions we make today turn around and make us for eternity. It's not an easy decision. You have to be assured, but that's why God speaks to us. I can't change your life. I would never, ever try to scare you into hell. But I will warn you, as Jesus is doing today, in a loving, loving way. Notice verse 26. And besides all this, between us and you is a great chasm that has been, say it with me, fixed, so that those who want to cross to go from here to you cannot, and nor can anyone cross over from there to us. Isn't it interesting? In his lifetime, he lacked compassion. He didn't have any compassion on anybody. Now he treats Lazarus. Hey, hey, servant, my servant Lazarus, come over here. He treats him like nobody again. No compassion at all. You know, the answer was no. You can't bridge. There's no way to bridge. There's no way to start in hell and go to heaven. Impossible. It won't happen. It's fixed. It's a no place. Now, when you think about that, hell is a no place. Hell is a place without God. So there's no peace. There's no relief. There's no love. There's no forgiveness. And there's no hope. There's no hope. Now, as you think about that, can you write this down this morning? Truth. Once we die, our eternal destiny is fixed. Jesus teaches us that heaven and hell are fixed places. There is no purgatory. Immediately when we die, we'll either go to heaven or hell. Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 8 says it like this. I've already told you. Absent from the body present with the Lord in heaven. So notice what I have on the overhead for a reason, this next slide. Hell is a fixed place. 
Heaven's a fixed place. In hell, there's no escape. Once you're there, that's it. There's no purgatory. There's no place that somebody can pray you out of. And there are no second chances. That's it. While you're alive is the only time you can make a decision where your eternal destiny will be. Now I'm going to talk about the Mormons. I don't want people laughing. I'm not making fun of them. But I want to show you how bizarre and unbiblical this is. Here's the headline just a few weeks ago in our newspapers. Mormon leader. Dead people should be water baptized. The Mormon church is baptizing thousands of dead Victorians, whether they were atheists or not. So the Mormon leaders, here's from the article, reminded church members in their churches, in the Mormon churches Saturday, about the importance of performing ceremonial baptisms, water baptism, on dead ancestors who didn't receive the ordinance while alive. Ceremonial baptisms allow when a member brings an ancestor's name to the temple, the temple of the Mormons. And Mormons believe the ritual allows the deceased people a way to the afterlife if they choose to accept it. In other words, if somebody will be baptized for you, they can move from hell where they're now to heaven. I continue. When a Mormon finds an ancestor in the records, they can baptize them in the Mormon faith through a baptism for the dead. This allows the dead relative soul to be saved. Even if they did not die a Mormon. And it swells the ranks of the church. Number one, the Bible never teaches us to baptize a person in water into a church. We baptize a person in water into the body of Christ. Not a church. You're not getting baptized into Calvary Chapel, baptized into the body of Jesus Christ. Now, to baptize a dead ancestor, think about this. And this is happening with children. A living relative must stand in their place. So often they'll put a teenager or whatever in the water, submerging themselves in the water to allow the dead person to be born again as a Mormon. So if you died 200 years ago, 1,000 years ago, it's a relative. You can stand, the, the child, the younger, the adult is baptized into water, and that person who was an atheist, didn't even believe in God, died a total sinner, is in hell. They can, when they come up, they're born again, and they can transfer right to heaven. And this is happening by the thousands. Amazing. Amazing. Any truth to that? Zero. What did we just learn? Fixed. Do you get it? But they're teaching that everywhere. Now, here's an interesting thing. As this person went down, one of the fathers said this. One of my sons was baptized from my grandfather. It's powerful to be involved. So the grandfather was not a believer, but he's now baptized by a grandson. And he's in heaven. He changed destinations. He had nothing to say about it. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. I can't save somebody else. They have to make the decision. And after they died, it's too late. Listen to what's happened recently. And the Mormon church doesn't like it, but it's been happening. However, it's not just ancestors getting involved. Don't laugh. The practice hit the spotlight in 2012 when, when it emerged that Mormons were enthusiastically baptizing many non-relatives. Holocaust victim, Jewish people, Gandhi, Marilyn Monroe, Elvis, even Hitler have been baptized to change their place of destination to heaven. Now, 
have any of those people that were baptized changed their destination? Zero. But the Mormon church who says that they're Christian are 100% wrong. It's totally false. It's deceptive. Nobody can change your eternal destiny and no one else can change your eternal destiny either. You see, once in hell, our hope is gone. It's too late. It's too late to repent. Your choice of refusing God's grace and offer of salvation results in simply one thing, an irreversible fixed destination where you will be in hell forever. But then something really changes. Look at verse 27. This is the rich man's second request. And he answered, then I beg you. Whoa. Probably the first time ever in his life he used that word. I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house. For I have five brothers. Let him, notice the words, warn them. So they will not also come to this place of torment. What happens to the rich man in hell? He becomes an evangelist. Amazing. For the first time in his life, he's thinking about death and what happens to a person. Now, why would he pick his five brothers? Well, he was a rich man. What do you think his five younger brothers modeled their life after? Money as their God. And so he knew they were living just like he was living. He now knows a person must choose their eternal destiny before they die. And he says, please, please, I beg you, go and warn them. Don't come here under any circumstances. Please tell them to simply repent and put God first. Now watch what happens in verse 29. And Abraham replied, They have Moses, first five books of the Old Testament, and the prophets, the rest of the Old Testament. Let them listen to them. So his second request is also no. Abraham says, the people on earth have truth. It's the Bible. In those days, of course, they didn't have the New Testament. They had first five books of the Bible and the Old Testament. And the Old Testament books of the Bible always taught about the coming of the Messiah, the one that would get rid of man's sin. And so Abraham says, no. We don't need to send anybody. They have the Bible. They're in a Jewish community. They have the Bible. They need to listen to the Bible and find out sin's solution. It's in the Old Testament. It's all through it. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now watch what the rich man says. Look at verse 30. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will notice the word. From an unbeliever, they will repent. You know, today, a lot of people go like this. You want to get saved? Yes, just say these words after me. God, thank you for sending Jesus. I accept him as my personal savior. Amen. No, there's something missing. It's called repenting. See, repentant means a change of your mind and heart, which means a change of direction. You can't pray a simple prayer. God, thank you for sending Jesus. I ask you to just be a wonderful savior to me. Amen. And go back to live like you want. Even the rich man knows. Oh, 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 there's got to be a change in your lifestyle. See, if you think you're a believer and you prayed that prayer and maybe even used the word repent, but there's no change in your lifestyle, you've never become a believer. Now understand, 
notice, he says, they will repent if you just do a miracle. Just kind of, somebody rises from the dead. Well, what is the answer from Abraham? Look at it in verse 31. And he said to them, if they do not listen, if they do not read, if they do not understand the Bible, the Old Testament, the Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. See, Abraham says this. He has the last word. Someone rising from the dead will never convince an unbeliever. You must be convinced by the word of God. And he said, well, Pastor Mark, that sounds very strange to me. How do you know that that's true? That statement from Abraham is this. Uh, someone rising from the dead will never convince an unbeliever. How do we know that's true? Well, in about, I don't know how many weeks it was, three, six, eight weeks, did anybody die and was resurrected? Hello? Is this a Christian church or am I in the wrong place? (laughs) Remember the cross? What happened on the cross? Jesus died on the cross and three days later he was what? All right, let me ask you a question. In those days, did the Jewish leaders, after he was resurrected, did they believe? No. What about today? We have billions of people that don't believe at all. Do you see the truth? The only way to get saved is to believe what God's word says. You have to accept it. A miracle will never save anyone permanently, ever. It's the word of God. The truth in the word God. Can I ask you to write this down? It will sound strange to you, but I think it's very important. If we fail to listen and believe the truths of the Bible, if that's you, you will never go to heaven. Because the only way to get to heaven is explained in God's word. Today, Jesus drew back the curtain of eternity. And why did he do that? To give us truth. You've heard truth this morning. There is a real hell. And there is a real heaven. The Bible says man is destined to die once. And after that, to face the judgment. There is one appointment no one will miss. Sooner or later, every one of us that I'm speaking to, we will die. And after you die, your destination is fixed. Here's the last truth I want to give you this morning. Everyone chooses their own eternal destiny. The greatest freedom you have is to choose or reject Jesus Christ as your way to forgiveness, a new life, and eventually heaven. It all seems so easy, doesn't it? Avoid hell by accepting your need for a sinless Savior. And yet we fight it. Hundreds, if not thousands of us go to hell every hour. As Pastor Mark has taught, this isn't due to God's meanness, but to man's refusal to do what he knows he should do. May God have mercy on our family and friends and reveal himself to them. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This concludes another teaching by Pastor Mark. He'll begin a new sermon next time, continuing in Luke 16. We'll be reminded of the two words, truth and fixed that have been the underpinning of the last sermon. We will learn about who Jesus says has been left behind to continue his work on earth. Spoiler, it's us and what that work involves. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. Together, let's do life right. In a hurting world A new hope he is given